Episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. We are here for episode 110. Y'all know the vibes. We are back. We're gonna start off the episode by getting this out of the way because a lot of y'all don't even listen to the full episode. Rate, review, subscribe on all platforms, five stars, anything less. We know the vibes. Y'all not really rocking with us, y'all haters. Starting off, we got the full here, full squad here. Money bags, CJ money bags right here, but we already talked about a conversation. Y'all see this episode later. The money bags really now has to go. That that name has to go now to Miles. So Miles, smooth operator, money bags, freshest sneakers in the building, Davenport. How you doing tonight? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I feel disrespected. But go ahead, Miles. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I'll take it. I'll take the nickname. And of course, we have the original, the creator of money bags, the one that you know he prints money at his house. CJ in the building tonight. How you doing? In the in the chill, calm fit. Doing good. Yeah, you know I gotta come comfortable all the time. He said throwing your fire fit. This is my this is my fire fit. This is my forty and older fit. You know what I'm saying? Throw the slides on first out the shower, the sweats and the long sleeve. You good. Of course, we are here by you know, he decided to bless our presence doing a Nets game, which is a lot for him to come come here and record in person. Of course, we got the game on right here, but for him to be here, yo, that's that's huge that he's blessing our presence. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes, Unity Legend Coach, coach for our high school. I don't know if we're allowed to say where at yet. Okay, so shout out to Mingo, Nurk Academy in the building, coach right here. Debate your mother, and I know he has the same vibes with the kids. They could debate their mother when you don't get playing time. Debate your mother. <laughs> Sends me in the building tonight. How you doing tonight? Yo, nah, bro. I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here as always. You know, Nets are definitely playing right now, and I'm 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 locked in. But I'm locked in on both things. I can do more than one thing, and I got something. I got something for Miles today. I got something for CJ. Yeah, I got I got something for everybody. I'm gonna be I on one today. I got something for CJ. I got some, I got something for everybody today. I'm telling you, like I I'm I'm gonna be on one today, but uh-uh. it's gonna be efficient at the same time. You're not gonna drag this. All right. So before we even get started on the first topic, we want to talk about, of course, the secondaries, the PFF rankings. We're going to decide, you know, everybody's going to get a list of who they think is the top five secondaries. We already know Greg's list. The top five for him is Giants, 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 Giants. Yeah. Just like my man off of, uh, you know, Chappelle's Dylan, 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 Dylan. I spit hot fire. <laughs> before we get into it, I got JB on sports on right now. Shout out to JB on sports. This is her clothing line right here this is her stuff right here jb on sports shout out to jb on sports pff secondary right broncos was the number one team you have raisin ravens at number two browns at three 
Bills at four, Pats at five, Packers at six, the New York football Giants at seven, the Bucks at eight, you got the Rams at number nine, Dolphins at 10 to round out the top 10. At 15, Cincinnati Bengals. At Kansas City, Chiefs are the 18th team, who obviously are Super Bowl contenders. And at 28th, because this will cover everybody's team here that's present, 28th are the New York Jets. As y'all know, the Vobs, if y'all didn't know, this is your first time watching the show, I don't have any team. I'm here supporting the whole NFL. We got 30 miles to feed. I don't rock with no team. Stop capping. Greg, you started off because you you were talking about this for about a month and a half. And shout out to if y'all ain't see it yet, we we add an art little by little. Kobe on the wall. We yeah, added some art. So, okay. so, so, Greg, your top five. For my top five. I mean, look, I, I'm looking at the top five as you go along here, right? For anybody who's watching and everything like that. But you know, we see Denver at number one, right? Obviously, Baltimore. I think they have a really good secondary. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, they're solid. I'm not going to act like that's that's not the case. I believe they still have um, – they might still have Earl Thomas, I'm not mistaken. Is it? No, no. Nah. What happened to do? Got cut, you know. Oh, yeah. Situ- oh, oh, off the field issue. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. that situation. That was not – That's where we're going to leave. That was different. <laughs> that that was different. It. I forgot about that. That was different. Okay. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Cleveland, I, I, I got to give them credit. They, they really revamped their, offense, their, their, their entire team, but especially the defensive backfield. If you listen to the show – you heard me say the reason why they weren't going to win the Super Bowl is because the defensive backfield was not good enough. That mm-hmm. was going to be the reason. That was going to be what stopped them from winning one. They have a legitimate shot to win a Super Bowl this year. Yes, sir. So that's that. Uh, the Bills. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Yo. Go ahead. So here we go. Here's my top five. Mm-hmm. We're going to going the Broncos one. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that, that respect. I'm going to go with Baltimore at two. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair thing. The Browns at three is is iffy to me. Okay. I know they've made some adjustments. I like what they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the corner from the Rams. I like a lot, man. Troy Hill, I believe that's his name. He's good. He's really good. And they added another guy, too. They added some other good players. John Johnson. From the John Rams Johnson. Well. So they're, they're solid. Okay. And they have Denzel Ward. So fine. Three. At number four, I'm going with the New York football Giants. <laughs> at number four. And, and, and I want to hear. Now, nah, I don't know why they're laughing because this is the craziest thing. I don't know why they're laughing. I'm being dead ass. New York uh-huh. Giants at number four, okay? Bradbury, uh-huh. Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney. Y'all don't know his name. Y'all going to know him in a couple months. I promise you that. Get a product out of, out of Alabama. So okay. are we going to know his name for good or bad? Like, is it going to be he got burned? <laughs> he got stop playing him. No, you're going to know him. You're going to know him. You're going to know him because he's making plays over the field. Jabril Peppers. Okay. Okay? They got a really good group. And then at the fifth spot, I'm willing to go with – I'm willing to go with the Bills at the fifth spot. Like, I, Bills in the that. fifth spot? So that's how, that's how it rounds out for me. CJ Moneybags, your top five. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced. And me and Miles was talking about it before the show. I'm not convinced on the Broncos at, at number one. I understand they added Patrick Sertan. They drafted him. He was great in college, but at the same time, he hasn't played an NFL snap yet. And I feel like you you got to earn it before you know you ultimately granted you know you're the you're the best secondary because you added Patrick Sertan when he hasn't played yeah. yet. So I'm gonna put. Um, at number one, I'm gonna go with the Ravens at number one, just because we've seen what Marcus Peters and, and Marlon Humphrey have done over their careers. Um, so, so they're my number one. Look, I'll put the Broncos at number two. I, I do think Patrick Sertan is gonna live up to it, but there's always that what if, like, mm-hmm. hey, he could have a hard time adjusting his, his rookie year, 
right? He could get got just like a lot of these guys get got. You know, they're he's adjusting to a new system. So, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he does look like he's going to be that guy. Uh, I'm gonna put the Broncos at number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with the Browns at, at number three. He already alluded to it. You know, the addition of John Johnson um, from from the Rams along with Troy Hill. Uh, to get both of those guys and not just one of them, when they both played really well on, on the Rams last year, um, I believe Troy Hill was, was their slot corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's hard to do, you know, move around the field with different guys and, and play in the slot. Uh, and that, like you said, that's just what the Browns needed. So uh, go with them at number three. I'm going to put the Bills at number four just because I'm a big Jordan Poyer fan. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like he was a huge snub last year. He had a great year. Uh, they're going to be number four. And then number five, and it, it, ain't the, it ain't the New York football You're Giants. Stupid, just, just, no, 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 Yo, why is hate getting away? Oh, like, hate getting away of all the good things in life, bro. People are really just haters out here for you. Nah, they got, y'all, they got y'all at number seven. So I'm not saying you're far off. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not saying you're far off. They got who? They got the they got the Patriots. They got the Patriots at number five, and and it doesn't even make sense why they got them at number five because every for all these other teams are saying why why they're in the spots that they are right, but for the Patriots they're just talking about how uh, Stephon Gilmore is declining after after last year, and he may not even be on the Patriots this year. So that's new. I don't understand why that's there. And then uh, the the McCordy twin, they said he had a horrible year last year too. Um, I don't. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, a top five secondary in this league this year. I, I'm gonna go with the Packers. I'm gonna go with Jair Alexander. Um, I feel like they have a, a, a very strong secondary. But uh, bro, you're you're not top five. I'm sorry. Yo, not, the Giants are not top five. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jair Alexander is amazing. Yes. Who else on second name? Tell. Start going down the list of the other corners they have on that team, please. Start telling me who else is a corner on that team, please. Please. You saw him against the Buccaneers. In the last year? Tell me this year, last this last past year. season. Yeah, tell me why you think they top five. I said to Jair Alexander. Nah, he needs a hydrate. Nah, nah. nah, I'm just I'm just saying. I think I think they're a better secondary based on the way they played last year, better than the New York Giants. Adoree Jackson last year he was on the Titans, right? The Titans gave up the what was it the the third most deep balls of, of 35 yards or more. Adoree Jackson didn't play most last year. Okay, but he was still a part of that secondary, was he not? I think he didn't play. He played three. All games. right, so so what makes you what, what makes you think the, he the played three games. so what makes you think the addition of Adore Jackson he's gonna be he's gonna completely change the way the New York because he's playing for a better he's playing for a better defensive coordinator who made Isaac Yadam look serviceable when he's not that good. The Giants were the Giants were funneling guys off the street and to play cornerback the cornerback two spot, and they were still a very good defense. Now you tell me you're adding a very a, a number one overall pick in the Dory Jackson with Bradbury, who was probably the best corner in football last year, to at least top two last year. Okay. And then you got Jabril, who played amazing last year. They got so much defensive flexibility. It's incredible in the backfield. The Giants secondary is the strength of their defense. They are a better secondary than most of these teams. They're better than the Patriots. They're better than the Packers. Oh, the Packers was a, the Packers have a cornerback who, in a in a clear prevent defense situation, a lot of guy. Allowed Scotty Miller to run right past him and get into the Scottie end zone. Scotty Miller's fast. What are you talking about? Yo, stand back, bro. Just stand back. It's not that hard. Stand back. And we're not going to blame it on the coaches. Scottie, stand back. Scotty Miller got, got football speed. IQ, bro. My, you know what the Giants are going to do? The Giants aren't going to beat themselves. Those days are over. There's a new regime in town. And don't look at me like that, Miles. I got something for you. Look, uh, Miles. All right. So, Miles, you're, you're five. Oh, my God, bro. 
Um, we know the Giants are going to be on this five. Hell no. They shouldn't be on anybody's five. He's a, he's a, what? He's a, he's if we're being hater, smart. He's such a hater, bro. He's a hater. It's being realistic. So uh, That's crazy. Well, you, you know this generation, bro. If you say... If they say the sky is blue and you say it's light blue, you hate it. Now I'm a millennial now. You know what? You know what Greg is? He, he's our hot take guy. He's, the, he's our viral. Now. He's our viral guy. Uh, yeah, viral. I'm, I'm the viral guy. Oh, okay. So I'm just a guy who come here to say, yeah, all right, bro. You're not going to skip bills me. You're not about to do that to me. What's your five, bro? Real quick. What's your five? All right. So, I mean, number one, it should be a given. Uh, Broncos got the best secondary in the league right now. They, they got the best safety tandem. One, they just took the best cornerback in the league. Got AJ Boye coming back. They got a lot of pieces on the, this Broncos team, and that's always been a strength. So it was a surprise. I thought they they might look to take Justin Fields, but I get the pick. That's the strength of your team. So keep building on it. A good good secondary helps everything out on the defense. And number two, I got Ravens, Marcus Peters, and. Marlon Humphreys. With those two, you got two number one cornerbacks roaming the backfield. So I think with that pass rush, it's going to be tough to do anything on that defense. And they showed it last year. Three, I got the Browns. Y'all keep forgetting they took Greg Newsom, the third, in the first round, who was a good cornerback coming out, by the way. First round cornerback. Yeah, so. I, I, I know. Okay, I know. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. I hear you sucking your teeth back there. So. <laughs> I'm hearing you say, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, please. Finish your top five. And then don't forget, they got Grant Delpit coming back off injury from That's last right. year. Top safety from LSU. He would have been starting last year if not for that, that Achilles injury. So hopefully he bounces back. But I got them at number three. Number four, I got the Bills. I like Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, of course, Tredavious White one of the top five cornerbacks in the league right now. So that's that's my my top four. And fifth, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Patriots. It's not it's not really that much difference from from PFF. Um I think those guys had a, a down year, which, you know, sometimes you have a down year. That's what happens. Devin McCourty's been steady his whole career. He's thirty three years old though. He's thirty three years old. But, eighty years old, but okay. Okay. It's not like he's Guarding Tyreek Hill every play. He's roaming the backfield back there. But then they got J.C. Jackson, who was, what, top two in the league in interceptions last year? Stephen Gilmore. I don't think he's going to be that bad like he was last year. He's still one of the top cornerbacks in the league. And, I mean, you guys are forgetting, didn't he win defensive player of the year the year before last year? Last year it was kind of a COVID year, so I don't know. Uh I'm not going to hold that against him. So. I just don't think he'll be on the Patriots by the time the season starts. Well, it wouldn't make sense for them to trade him at this point. They pretty much went all in to help out Cam Newton. So why are you trading one of your best assets on defense when it looks like you're making a run at competing again this year? That's my opinion. So, But that's my top five. Well, that rounds out the top five for everybody right there. Uh, you know we're going to have to next topic transitioning into it we're going to talk about Tua and turnover county of course we've talked about this in the chat we've had this discussion we we mentioned it time and time again y'all have heard it on the show the debate Danny Dimes Tua Tua 
in training camp so far, open day of mini camp, he had five interceptions. Now, granted, they said it was monsoon-like weather. Tua said, that's just been the emphasis for us. Coming out to the first day of minicamp was just to be aggressive. Push the ball down the field. So, before we start, I know Greg's going to start it off. Just throw this out there. In 2019, Jimmy G in training camp also threw five interceptions. That year, 49ers went to the Super Bowl. So, I'm not saying Miami going to the Super Bowl, but maybe this is just a little bit blown out of proportion. Greg, what's your takes on Tua and um, Turnover County? First of all, I don't think it's that big of a deal to he had some turnovers in a practice. I actually don't think it's that big of a deal at all. Why I think it's a big deal – hold on. Why I think it's a big deal is that – you compare Tua to Daniel Jones, and there's a clear double standard here because, first of all, making the comparison off of the year Tua had last year is utterly ridiculous. I mean, he did not play well. He did not play well. He had a couple good games. Okay, his rookie season wasn't even nearly as good as Daniel Jones' rookie season. So there's that. Okay, but then the other part of it is, hey, if Daniel Jones had five picks in a practice, I would never hear the end of it. So oh, you're gonna have to hear it today. <laughs> So you don't have to hear it today. That's all I'm saying. Like that's that's my point. I think Tua's gonna be fine. I, don't, I think he'll be a good quarterback. Do I think? Do I know? Is he gonna be some Hall of Fame quarterback? I mean, no. Most quarterbacks aren't Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I don't think that he he hasn't looked apart right now. But it's early. I like Tua, but to say he better than Daniel, like if you're gonna make it about the Daniel Jones Tua thing, and it's not just about the picks at practice, that's what this is about. It's only yo. The only reason why we talking about him throwing picks in practice is because of that. We would not be talking about this if if. if Miles did not say what he said about Daniel Jones. And we all know that. If Miles didn't say that, this wouldn't be on our docket right now. We'd be talking about basketball like we're supposed to be. But because of you, we're talking about this. So you was on some you was on some nonsense. Okay. Because and you're on a double standard because you know that Daniel Jones did the same thing, you would be all over it. And you can't tell me he's not true. Because you talk about him every episode, regardless if we're talking football or not. No. We could be talking about LeBron James, yo. If if Daniel Jones was in that same situation, <laughs> that's not true. Y'all would y'all would read me alive. It's like it's, it's that's not true. It's different. That's not true. Like, I, I get I show Daniel Jones the appropriate amount of respect because at the end of the day, people out here don't show him respect. They like he can't play. All right, but what's the total record of the team in the two seasons he's been the starter though? Eleven. What's what's the record of for what? the Giants? Since he started? Yeah. It has not been good. I don't know off the top of my head. It hasn't been great. They probably have single-digit wins since he's been the quarterback in the New York Giants. I don't, I don't sit here and act like that's the case. But it's not all on him in a vacuum. That's what I'm saying, yo. You you don't just get to throw the record of the team out there and go, he I'm not, sucks. but you, you, talk, you talk him up like he's going to be in the next couple of years all pro. I think up there can. with Aaron Rodgers, Brady. I never said all that. I said he can be – I said I think that – Daniel Jones can be a top twelve quarterback in the NFL when all things when things are all said and done. And if, on, on his at his best, he's a top twelve quarterback in the league. Maybe he cracks top ten. That's where he could be. And, and, and that's my that's my expectation of him for real. I, I after seeing Tannehill play quarterback, Tannehill wasn't even a quarterback before this. He played wide receiver in college or something like that. Like yo, I have every reason to believe that kid's gonna come along and be really good. And it's not just because of the fact that like he's a Giants quarterback. Like yo, if he sucked. Hey, we got two first round picks here. Let's just let's figure it out. Let's figure Spencer Rattler. Let's go. Let's figure it out. Like I'm not. Hey, he'll I'm be not, available for I'm you. I'm not. No, shut up. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. He got Daniel Jones 
showed me enough since the day he's been drafted for me to go, okay, like there's something here, protect him, give him a chance. And then let's, then we'll talk about it, but don't, don't half-ass it and, and give him, get, don't give him weapons and give him what, leave him with no resources to play with out here. And then tell me he's not good because when he was playing as rookie season, he looked the part. He had the fumble issue, the fumble issue. He worked on it. He got much better at the end of last year. I liked what I saw there. I think he's going to be really good. Plus, yo, if he wasn't going to be really good, you would not hear as many positive things from the players around him. When people are bad around you, yo, like it's like it's like Ben Simmons' free throws thing. We saw Ben Simmons missing all those free throws yesterday. All, everybody in the city was like, oh, my God. This, like, they all, they all just watching. Like, their body language, is, it said, like, yo, he sucks. We're in trouble. Like, they'll tell you. People around you tell you what the situation is. If you watch, the team will tell you what the situation is. You'll see the body language. I have never seen Daniel Jones overthrow a wide receiver, and then they go, oh, my God, this guy. Like, yo, like, like it's not that. He's dead accurate. He's a good quarterback. He just needs the uh, appropriate weaponry. For us to see what exactly what he is. And I think this year you're gonna see it. CJ, any calls for concern you think with Tua, the five interceptions? Yeah, let's get back to Tua. Right, I mean, please, let's talk about Tua, please, bro. He threw five picks in please, practice, okay? And please, what? See how he's please, no, because no, because no, because he's not better than Daniel Jones. That's why we're talking about this. Yo, that, was, so, that wasn't even a conversation for today. No, okay, we're not talking about Daniel so, Jones. So go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just yeah. trying to get it back to you. So yeah. you go ahead. Go You're ahead. trying to get back to you. He's saying, no, get out of here. Nah. We're not, yo, we're not talking about this. We didn't say what he said, Can bro. I word Can I get a word in? <laughs> hey, yo, we are not talking about Daniel Jones tonight. You made your point. No, <laughs> the only reason why we were having this conversation is because of the fact that he made that comparison, okay? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any cause of concern for, for two or three or five picks. If, you know, day one of minicamp, if, if he's being aggressive, like, look, if it's if, if it's Xavier and Howard getting all these picks, like Xavier and Howard's a dog. But at the same time, like this is minicamp. This is the time to make mistakes. He he has a whole you know season ahead of him to play. So even preseason, if he was doing this in preseason, um, again, it's not it's not cause for for absolute panic. Maybe five in preseason in one game, yeah, for sure. But like this is practice at the end of the day. We don't we don't know what type of plays they were running. You don't know if he's just throwing it up and throwing jump balls and whatnot. And the defensive backs making a great play, but. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. Tua's very lucky to be playing in Miami. I'll say that. He played in New York, and he did. He threw five picks in a practice, and he and he did what he did last year, where he was getting benched for Ryan Pat Fitzpatrick. It would be on fire. It'd be all over him. The fact that he plays in Miami, he's benefiting from some, from from what I like to call small market privilege. Who's the backup quarterback for them now? Yeah, I don't know. Whoever it is, he might not see the light. He might, he might play a lot this year. You better get ready. He won't. He won't. Yeah, Whoever the backup quarterback was, uh, I saw it in the the article I was reading on. Did he threw. He also threw two interceptions, so I think that also helped playing in the fact that like nobody was good that day, uh, first day of minicamp for the Dolphins with their quarterback play. Transitioning to flag on the play. First one. Except and y'all talk about it. Decline. We move on. Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. The House vote count was 415 to 14 votes. The 14 people that said no uh, were Republicans. Accept or decline? Accept. Accept. Start it off. Yo, the irony of the fact that Juneteenth is a... I'm going to ask y'all a question in a minute, too. I want to I see what y'all say to this. But the irony that Juneteenth is a federal holiday now, but they're, oh, they're fighting in Congress right now about whether or not they can teach about the actual meaning of Juneteenth in the textbooks in schools is 
great is baffling or the fact that they made Juneteenth a national holiday, but they've done nothing to about police reform that of any with any kind, nothing tangible about police reform at all. Right. And I don't even like saying police reform. I don't like that. But I don't really know me on that level yet. We'll get there. The bench mob. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. But that they've done nothing about police brutality in any tangible way mm-hmm. is crazy to me. So now you want to throw us a bone and, or, you know, just try to hush, hush up the people and give everybody a holiday. Hey, look, we'll take it. I ain't going to sit here and act like I ain't want the day off. Like, let's, let's not, let's not act like we want, the, we want the day off. Okay. I think everybody does. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the, the plight. It doesn't change what you're fighting for. It doesn't change at the end of the day, what you're dealing with out here. Right. Nothing changes. It's just, they, gave you a day off america has this way of doing that like hey like oh yeah um let's paint black lives matter all of everything and that's to change everything like you know what i mean like that's that's their bone while meanwhile the cops are kicking the crap out of people out here on the streets protesting so look it's all it's all it's performative it's performative let me ask y'all i was listening to a show earlier today a little podcast earlier today and they asked this question i thought it was a really good one what are y'all gonna do at work when a white person says, uh, happy Juneteenth to y'all. How do, how do y'all deal with that? I'm going to look at them funny because it's like, what Are they allowed to do that? You know they will. <laughs> and you know what I mean by they. They I, will. I don't, I don't know if that's something that's warranted, though. You don't say, I mean, do you say happy Memorial Day? Is, is, nah. that, is that a thing? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So nah. why would you say happy Juneteenth? Like that's just nah, bro. Uh, to me, like, it's but somebody, bro. somebody is going to be ignorantly, ins- ignorantly insane. And now remember, for the people that's listening to us, ignorance means just not knowing. Y'all like to just make it such a negative connotation. Oh, he called me ignorant. It just means you don't know. And it's gonna be a lot of people that don't know. Happy Juneteenth, Miles. Not knowing what Juneteenth is about, not knowing what it means, and like you said, something that's really good. And it's hilarious and ironic, but I find it just funny. People may not find it funny, but I find it funny that America is giving us now this as a federal holiday. We know as us black people, this probably came up, you know, up the corporate ladder. They complain. We had a lot of black people taken out on June 19th. We don't know why. Matter of fact, let's just give it a federal holiday. They taken off anyway. We've already celebrated. Or they were like, or they were like, they were like, they were like, well, you know, all our black employees are taking off, but you, you know what? Like, to hell with it. I might as well be off too. Let's be off together. Yeah. So yeah. we've already celebrated it. We didn't need the government to be like, all right, it's a federal holiday. We already celebrated. We didn't. We didn't care. We celebrated those that know and know the meaning and the understanding of what Juneteenth was. We already was celebrating it. We didn't need the government to be like, oh, it's a federal holiday. It was already a holiday in our community. Period. Just for the listeners too that don't know. That Juneteenth is significant because that's when the slaves in Galveston, Texas, found out that they had been already been emancipated. But because because the North had already won the Civil War, but they didn't know because the slave owners down in Texas didn't tell them because it was convenient for them. So they were still slaves. I don't even know how much longer it was. I I have to, I don't remember exactly two years. Two, two, like years, two years, right? Two years longer than they should have been. They they kept them closed off from society and knowing that they had their freedom to, because it was convenient for them. The white people, of course, at the time. So that's why Juneteenth is a significant date, okay? And in Texas, they go, they are fighting tooth and nail. Governor Abbott down there fighting tooth and nail to make sure they don't teach about this in the schools, right? So, hey, man, listen, like, there's a lot of things you don't learn about in the school system. When you ask me, when you ask me, when we talk about this kind of stuff, it's easy to get heated. It's easy to get upset. It's easy to get a- animated about all of it. But this is the kind of, this is kind of you know, this is why. This is the, the, the history, okay? So when a black person... 
how, how, how a black person celebrates Juneteenth is, hey, we're going to go, we gonna cook, we gonna cook out. We're going to cook out. Miles going to throw a cookout. That's going to happen this Saturday. Uh, I said, that's what we're going to go down there. <laughs> but that's how that's that's how people celebrate it, though, in all seriousness. So it ain't no reason we're talking about some happy Juneteenth. It's not, a, it's not a happy occasion. It's just a reminder of the history of this history. And I think it's a it's a it's a good thing that there's awareness brought to it. I mean, if you want to look at it from that perspective, that's all it's been for it. Yeah, and before I transition, the onus then still goes back to the parents, the family members to teach it because I can see every state fighting this for years to come to not teach it. They really need to throw away a lot of these textbooks and rewrite them because a lot of them are big, 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 big trash and leave out vital information. Vital information. They tell a certain part of American history. For example, when we go to transition, Christopher Columbus is dag near God, but this joke is a murderer. A th- like they just whitewashed the history textbooks. They whitewashed them. Onus now really goes on the family and the parents. You have to teach. Yes, you got to teach your kids and let your kids know what the full history is, what the full information is concerning our history, concerning American history, all of it. Yes, sir. Stan Van Gundy, Scott Bricks, Scott Brooks. Bricks. Rick Carlisle are no longer head coaches bringing the coaching carousel now to eight openings available going into this offseason, except for decline. You got to accept it, no? You got to accept it. got to accept it, man. I mean, the Scott Brooks one's the most interesting one to me. Carlisle's interesting, too, because Carlisle, I saw that writing on the wall. In the playoffs, there was a viral clip of Doncic saying, yo, you need to, you, you should, I told you not to call time out there. He showed him up on national TV. Mm. Carlisle's a championship championship winning coach. He's won one, right? He's coached Hall of Famers, right? Steve Nash, Dirk, right? Had some good teams down in Dallas. And for him to do that, ah, uh, man, I saw the writing on the wall right there. And Luca runs a franchise right now because they're definitely afraid of the fact that that guy could walk away. Definitely afraid of it. So I'm not surprised by that one. Uh, I heard that he likes to, the assistant coach and he's, push, he's trying to push for that guy to be the new uh, head coach. Um, we'll see. I think Jason Kidd's a guy you could talk about getting mm-hmm. that job, and I could easily see that. But that's interesting to me. I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Luca situation is because Luca, as as people praise Luca, and he's very very good, but he over dribbles in that system a lot. Okay, he's blaming the coach and everything like that. He is icing Kristaps Porzingis out. Kristaps Porzingis is not bad. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to keep it clean. He's not bad. Okay. As as people may think. He's not. He's not. He's a talented player. Like he really is. He's just had a lot of in- the only reason why Knicks fans had beef with him because he wanted to leave there, which made all the sense in the world. But he also we also was injury prone. He just wasn't available. Okay. So they kind of felt like, yo, you don't have a leg to stand on. Literally. Like you don't have a leg to stand on. Why are you trying to get out of here? Yo, so for our it. viewers, you know, and our listeners, you know it's two things that's happening every episode. We going not we. Miles is gonna make Miles is gonna make sure that Greg is reminded Danny Jones ain't what he think he is, and Greg is gonna make sure to remind Miles every chance he get the Knicks are a subpar team and have been a subpar team for years, and he believes for years to come. <laughs> every episode it comes up. We could be talking about skating. We could be talking about bowling. And it could be a bowler that was bad. And Greg would be like, yo, that reminds me of the Knicks organization. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every episode. 
Yo, that's hilarious, yo. Miles, before we turn in, did you want to talk, Chris? Did you want to talk on any of these coaching vacancies, like Mark Jackson? Will you do you think he's gonna get an opportunity? Is eight jobs out there now, and some are saying it might be a ninth if Milwaukee loses a series. They said Bud is on the hot seat too, so. Takes on this before well, we transition. Lose, Bud's gone. Maybe who loses if they lose this series? Because I don't think yeah, yeah, that they're going to lose in the next round if they make it. Who? Milwaukee. Well, they're not making it. He's, he's gone. What are you talking about? He's, well, he's gone. Well, the series is not over. So yeah, he, he's gone. <laughs> okay. Bud is gone. But Bud's Bud's gone, and Bud's a guy who's not used to not getting what he wants. I mean, the guy got a DUI and still kept his job. You know, but that's you know that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Uh, what I'll say about this is to, well, also if we want to talk about the one more thing. Scott Brooks and the Wizards parting ways is very interesting for Russell Westbrook and his future there because that's that was his man's. What he signed on here? Did that was who? No, he's, he's, Russell Westbrook. He's just well, he got, he, he got traded right. there with like a four-year, fifty million dollar a year deal. Yeah, okay. Scott Brooks is man's, and the other thing. So the thing with Scott Brooks. Outside of everybody else, Stan Van Gundy, Rick Carlisle decided to walk away. They had an issue concerning money. They couldn't come to a contract agreement. I also think the Wizards organization probably feels they could get somebody better because, hey, they think Washington is a a good place to come. You had Russell Westbrook. You got Bradley Bill. They played better second half. They got into the playoffs. So they're thinking, hey, Coaches would want to come here. The thing is, which I don't think they realize, I don't think nobody wants to have that roster. That roster is trash, and it's not much you could do with it because of all the money they got tied up between two players. Westbrook and Bill together getting paid something on the lines of like $80, $90 million last year, next year alone, just between them two, which is crazy. Speaking of coaching, though, somebody else's job, it won't be – he won't be fired, but this is something that you might want to pay attention to, something that you might want to talk about when it comes to this. You have Philadelphia 76ers mm. last night. They're up big. I'm not even going to hold you. I got the notification of text from Miles, from Greg, saying, what the heck did I just watch? I turned it off. I'm thinking this is wrapped up. Embiid's looking good. He looks like he has both legs this game. He didn't have a cheeseburger before the game. He looks healthy. He looks, he's not winded. He's breathing well. I'm like, what are they talking about? I go check ESPN. And the Hawks won the game. Something that comes to mind, seeing this, right? And y'all could talk on it. Y'all could touch on it because we gotta. You gotta talk about Doc. You gotta talk about Ben Simmons. But I think both of the blame falls majority on them. They could split it 50-50 or they could take it seventy-five twenty-five. However you want to do it. But I look at Doc a lot. Phil Jackson said something in two thousand ten in the finals game five. They was down twelve. The Lakers was down twelve at one point. They call a timeout. He said, hey, "Cold, a hey, pal." We ain't worried. Doc Rivers always lose leads. Uh-huh. Any team he coaches always lose leads. We look at the history. Yeah. Doc's teams lose leads. Clippers, i tell you this much. Paul George did his thing, and it's somewhere also clapping like, I told y'all Doc didn't know what he was doing. I told y'all Doc didn't know what he was doing. 
who do y'all put more to blame on with this? And where do they go from here? Like, they lose this series. What's going on in Philly? Like, at this point, is this experiment done of Ben and Embiid? And it been over. It, yeah, it, it should have been over. Like, Ben Simmons, it's not going to work. Like, you can't have a, a – I don't even want to call him a superstar. You can't have a, a second option on your team who – his option is not to shoot. Like he does. What was it? Last game he took like four shots. Four shots. The same like amount of free throws he made. Game is very limited, so you can't re- you can't rely on him. He's shooting thirty two percent from the free throw line. So clearly you can't have him in at the end of the game, or else you're gonna have hack a Ben, which it they lost the game that way. It definitely worked. Not that's round, I so. saw that, and it was funny, you know. Atlanta, they said they didn't want to do that, but that's what you got to do in playoffs. Sometimes you got to be, you got to do strategy. So they know he can't shoot. So you had to do hack a bit. Who do you put most of the blame on in this series, CJ, about Philly? Philly, everybody pretty much had Philly winning. Everybody pretty much said, hey, Atlanta at this point, they had a nice run. They beat the Knicks, but we know the vibes. They're going to see Philly. Philly should beat them in five. Yep. Now we're looking at it, Philly might be gone next game. Yeah, I mean, two games ago, Greg and I were talking, and it's like Embiid, like you said, he didn't he didn't look fresh, right? They were saying he had a knee issue. He, he wasn't jumping off the ground. I, I thought personally he wasn't being aggressive enough, which is why they lost that game. Because at that one of the last shots that he took, you know, he kind of went up and did like a little fadeaway when he could have easily just dunked it and, you know, sealed the game on, on his last shot. Um, like you said, he had fresh legs last night. Seth Curry went off 36 points. And B went off 37 points, but Ben Simmons eight points. Like again, to, to call Ben Simmons a star, he has he has definitely shown you know nights where he he does look like a star, right? Be, just because of his defensive bag and what he brings to the table, he can he can lock people up. But to miss free throw after free throw, even in the warmups, there was a video that was posted on Instagram today by a fan. Uh, you saw it? Yeah, that's Bro, a bad, that's, that's a terrible video. That's a terrible. To and it, we're gonna we're gonna definitely post it in there. Warming up from in front of the elbow, I think it was in the paint, bro. In and the he, paint, he, he at was, most like ten feet away. Yeah, it's just trying to hit the square and just like it was like after it was like six straight, right? Yeah, and he was like he was like cool with it though. He wasn't even like shaking. He was just catching it. Boom! All right, cool. I missed it. Number eight missed. Like it's like, what are you doing? Like, I just don't think. And I can't say he doesn't take it serious enough, but I mean, this is like, what are we going on? Year number four that we're talking about, year number four in a row that we're talking about, like, hey, his he needs to improve his shooting. He needs to improve his shooting. Hey, Markel Fultz figured it out. Whatever was wrong with him, he went down to Orlando, he figured it out. Um, but but for Ben Simmons, man, you you can't, like Miles said, you can't take four shots. You're, you're, you're supposed to be a star for your team. You should have two stars. You should have Embiid and you, but... He's not pulling his weight on the offensive side. Definitely not. Greg, <laughs> we watching the game now. Milwaukee's up, but we, we ain't worried about Milwaukee being up. I put this post up. Hold, hold. You, you say you stay in Philly. You stay in Philly. Are you staying Philly Bucks right now? No, 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 no. I said we're not worried about the Bucks being no, up. No, That's not Philly Bucks. I mean, Philly, Philly. Uh, just oh. talking about Philly in general right now. Yeah, we're talking about Philly in general, but I'm saying the Bucks is up. You about, I'm about to set the table, right? Mm-hmm. Who? actually is hurting their team more because they struggle on offense. Giannis or Ben? Because they're both at this point, to me, essentially the same player. Hey, I play D. 
I play D, but I'm limited on offense. They're both shooting around the same free throw percentage. They both, the only thing with Giannis is different. Giannis will put up 27 shot attempts. Ben won't shoot any shot attempts. But to me, at the end of the day, if somebody had a gun to your head and one of them had to make a three pointer, you're dying regardless. <laughs> it's not, it's Yo, not chill. close though. It's not, it's not even close. Not I, don't, even close. I don't think that's a conversation. I think that Ben is clearly, clearly a team parasite, a cancer. He, he kills the Sixers from the inside. Okay, he is. It's not even close because at least Giannis, at least Giannis is aggressive and take the shots. Like part of basketball, if you if you know you're playing with somebody who's not going to shoot the ball, I don't have to guard you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to guard you at all. And Ben's on it. Ben took four shots last night. Four shots. Yo, Sixers fans went through hell with the process for years with the idea that they were, they got two superstars, two guys that were going to be bona fide superstars. They were set for the next fifteen years, and they suffered. Sam Hinkie made them suffer. To get Joel Embiid and get Ben Simmons. That was the whole point. It was supposed to be New Orleans as well, too, but that didn't work out, clearly. Mm. So here we are. We right? are the New York Knicks. You're right. You're, you're, you're going to get 50 mil for the Knicks this year, though. But that's a whole different conversation. Regardless, regardless, like you did all that suffering and you got a guy who is mentally weak. He's mentally weak. That The, the free throw thing is a, is a mental thing. Oh, you know, if you're shooting free throws, is a mental thing. You're going to slow yourself down, focus on your mechanics, and hit the shot. It's all mental. It is. It's physical too. But like, he practices. I'm sure he makes a bunch of jump shots when he's alone in the gym. It's when he gets in front of people and people are there watching him that he can't perform. So he's mentally. This is a psychological thing with him. And it, it, I don't even want to bash the guy like that. But this this whole I've been hearing for the longest time, and it's only because I know Noah. It's only because I know Noah. Noah, Shout the person Noah. I know who, who gives a damn about Ben Simmons. But let me just say this. Like, just say this one more time. Don't talk to me about Ben Simmons ever again. Don't talk to me about Ben Simmons ever again. I don't want to talk about him. You see, like, and not in this conversation, not in this way, okay? He is not not no top 12 player. I heard that, her nonsense. He's not top 20. I was When I said D. Booker was better than, than Booker, the D. Booker was better than um Ben Simmons. Than ben Simmons. He, he was damn near ready to attack. <laughs> okay? So I, I don't, I don't want to hear it about ben simmons at all you take four shots he knows he has no confidence none at all he don't believe in himself so why the hell should i believe in him it makes no sense it makes no sense they're gonna lose this series to the ben simmons john two things they proved two, there's three things that this, the sixers have proved that have proven in this series a joel Embiid is not batman he is robin he is robin we need to pair him with a with a superstar guard period he is, he is, he's Robin. Okay, the injury history is too extensive and it's avoidable because I genuinely believe it's tied to his weight. He looks heavy, he looks like he labors out there. Just no way around it. Two, Ben Simmons, get him the heck up out of there. Now, he has to go for whatever you can get, for a pack of peanuts, for some Colgate toothpaste. I don't care, you gotta get him up out of there. He has to go. It's done. If the experiment's over, this Ben and Joe, this ben, I, he's a, he's the, He's the first zero and D player of all time. Zero and D. <laughs> you know, you saw that tweet? First zero and D player of all time. He, I never seen nothing like it before. Okay? But he got superstar treatment. I swear it's because he's light skin or something. So he's out. So Ben's out. Okay? Get him out of there. And three, yeah, Doc, th- th- this is it. Like, Doc, this was this was an indictment. I Although I will say this for Doc, yo, it's not totally fair. You gave him a point guard I can't, that don't want to shoot the ball. And you talking about losing leads, bro? The last, the last night... 
Seth Curry and 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 B were the only two guys who scored in the team in the second half. That's yo Tobias ain't scored, bro. We've we've definitely touched on Tobias at the end of the season because we were talking about Philly and Tobias got mad. You know he wasn't an All Star or stuff like that. Tobias. This is this is what we talk about over the last three or four years when it comes to Tobias. Playoff time, it's a different Tobias. Don't know what be happening. It's a different Tobias. And touching on that, we'll end up, you know, this conversation on Ben because we got transition to PG-13 and maybe we need to be sending out apology letters to Paul George. Yeah. No, we don't. We talk about I it. went to a game. My wife took me to a game for my birthday. We were there before the game, Sixers. I'll never forget this to this day. It was about two years ago. Ben Simmons, no lie. Each spot, three point, went like eight for ten. Yes, bro. When the game started, he didn't shoot one time. It's the fact that you see even the fans in the arena when he make a free throw, they exaggerate. Ah! Everybody know. It's hyping them up. Everybody know. So I think, like you said, it's a mental thing. That's something that. They gonna have to figure out really. It's well documented bro. for his career. Like yes. it's something that has to be fixed. Yes, bro. He can go figure it out somewhere else. It's just it's not gonna work in Philly for him. It's it's over. And that that fan base is rampant, rapid. Like when you when you're not good to them, you're dead to them. Like that's what that is. So it's over, bro. This, this, All this right, man. Finish. Of course, but we got Kappa facts. The Cowboys absolutely need to sign Richard Sherman or trade for Stephen Gilmore. Cap or facts? I mean, it's a very Cowboys thing to do to, you know, go big game hunting, but I mean, how much money do they actually have left? I don't know. I'm, I know it's been in the conversation just because their defensive back still isn't per se the strongest. Their defense in general isn't the strongest and is looking very much like, hey, let's go put up 40 points and the other team score 45 tight a season again for Dallas. Yeah, but Steven Nelson's still out there, and he's one of the top cornerbacks left. So, I mean, you don't have to pay as much money maybe for a Richard Sherman or give up as much you'd, as you'd have to give up for Steven mm-hmm. Gilmore. So, I mean, there's other options. So Jerry Jones will always take the wrong one. <laughs> I, I agree with that. That's a fact. You think, see, you think they should go out and try to get one of these two cornerbacks, or go the route that Miles just mentioned? I think go the route that Miles just mentioned. Richard Sherman for for, for him, like we talked about it on the show when we talked about um, the 49ers, he he's he's declining. Yeah, I mean that's just what it is. He he's older. He he's not going to be an every down back. I don't think uh, every down defensive back. I I, I think when he gets out there, he's gonna he's not going to be able to block up and man like like he did in, in his time with Seattle. Um he's he's been getting injured the past few years, whether it be his knee, his ankle. He's just he's just injury prone at this point. Um and I think part of that's tied to his age. So uh for the big name aspect, yeah, Richard Sherman's on the Cowboys. I think yeah, it definitely sell tickets, but would it help win games? No. But what's what's more important to Jerry Jones? That ticket money. Exactly. It's so you talk about you talk about them trading for either Gilmore or Sherman, like or, well Sherman's well, the guy, free Sherman's yeah, Sherman's yeah, free agent. Yeah. I'm saying so, um, and he, he would be cheap for him to add. Um, I, I I think I agree. Look, I, the Cowboys are always going to do the wrong thing, so I, I would be I would be like Miles said for real. So I I, w- I would would not be surprised if they trade for Gilmore if they try to. 
what's he got making 15 million dollars a year extra so yeah they can do that and they can do that i don't think it it, it doesn't save your defense it makes it better though he's a, he's a really good player but you're not a championship level team so i don't know why they would do that they it, it they're a rebuilding team the, the cowboys don't realize it yet but they have to rebuild they, ha- they have to rebuild they don't know that but everyone else i mean anyone else who knows football knows that next one cap of facts now we're not gonna go in detail we'll save that for the next episode but do you think when it comes to the all nba and all defensive team for the players listed should it be positionless now you see with the all rookie team it's not point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center it's best five the next best five should they do that for this all nba teams and the all defensive team capper facts positionless i i think it should be positionless I mean, you, you don't end up with Gobert on there if you do position list. And God, we got to talk about Gobert. But, um, <laughs> but no, a position list makes more sense. You get the five most deserving. You get the 15 most deserving guys, regardless of position in the NBA, to be on the all-NBA on the all team. This should not be done based off of like, oh, every position needs a, deserves a fair shot at it. Every position will get a fair shot at it. All if right. a center is playing, Jokic would have made it either way. You know what I mean? And B would have made it either way. Like – like it's you just someday Aiden may make it. Like you just you just gotta get Davis will make it in most years. Like the big men who deserve to be there will be there if you do it this way. If you do it positionless, basketball is played positionlessly now. I don't think that's going anywhere. Okay, I don't think that is going. I'm not a sidekick, all right, but I don't think that's going anywhere in the future of the game. I think that bas- if guys are too skilled now, it's a positionless game. You should start to adapt the way you guys vote on these traditional awards and affect these guys' paychecks based on how the game has changed. So, yeah, positionless makes more sense. Yeah, Lou, into that, before we transition, Jason Tatum, if we went positionless, Jason Tatum would have actually made it. Yeah, I think so. Jason Tatum had 69 points, actually had more points than Kyrie. But because Jason Tatum was slotted as a forward, he didn't have enough points to become an all-NBA team member, which is going to hurt his pockets. Tatum now being prevented from being on an all NBA team is actually going to lose out on an additional $33 million that he can get an additional 33 mil him and Donovan Mitchell are missing out on an additional $33 million because they are not on an all NBA team, which is what Greg alluded to last episode. This is why we cannot have the sole power of this on the writers you're taking money out of these players mouths and they don't know what they're talking about i'll say this tatum should have ended up on one of these teams yeah. first second or third it's the efficiency for me that does it it's the efficiency in the fact that that team relied on him like he could score all the points he wants if you're efficient and you're scoring like that like 40 50 range and you put in the buckets like that and high high, high 40s to 50. like yo you're gonna be an all NBA team i don't think there's any question about it brad bill made it for that reason too we, we, Brad Beal missed it last year. Brad Beal complained all summer, did the same thing this year, made it. No different. His game didn't change. Come on now. Last one, Kappa Facts. And this will be, we can literally transition into talking about this Clippers Jazz series. After watching the Clippers Jazz most recent game, Kappa Facts, Rudy Gobert should not be in the conversation for defensive player of the year ever again 
like uh, I say as a cap. I think he could be in the conversation. He gonna, he gonna get cleared up a lot of blocks and all that stuff. That's fine. He could be in the conversation. You're just not defensive player of the year under any circumstance. And look, but is he top five in the conversation? We'll see. I mean, Lou Dort's team was so bad. I guess that's why they they put it in there. But Lou Dort's still an amazing defender. Batiste Thibault is better defender than Gobert. There's a lot of better guys who are better defenders than than this man. Okay, than Gobert. But um, <laughs> the, the Clippers finally figured out they can just attack him all day. Thank you. The Clippers finally just started isolating him. Transitioning straight into that because we're going we're going to touch on that twofold because we know some people on here, you know, pride gets in the way. Pride comes before the pole, before the fall. You know, the Bible says that. And some some people on here or a person has too much pride to apologize. But a Paul George apology tour is you know supposed to be in session. So we're going we're going to touch on that. If we have to have an intervention live on the show, we will do so to try to uh, bring one of our fellow brothers closer to the Lord and um, let go of some of that pride. Yeah. <laughs> but watching that game, yes, that game with the Clippers and Jazz, you even heard the commentators talking about it. The Jazz against the Clippers. Ty Lue is going positionless. The fact that Ty Lue... At one point, we mentioned it. Greg talked about it before this playoffs even started. Yo, the Clippers will not be anything because they have Batum playing 30-plus minutes. Batum is playing 30-plus minutes at center. At center. And they're just spreading the jazz out and saying, hey, ISO or go pick and roll, get Gobert on an island, and it's scary hours. You cannot be a defensive player of the year. And the team decides you could never, ever, ever, ever do that with like Anthony Davis. Like, all right, we're going to put Antonio Burnett in at center because we know one, Gobert really isn't a threat offensively. Two, we're going to put a shooter out there or somebody that can be a threat on the perimeter because we know Rudy Gobert cannot guard in open space. And we saw it all last year game the man has molasses in his sneakers and when you pull him away from the basket he's no longer helpful on any level because what does he do well clean up get blocks but if you got him on the three-point line what is he doing there running downhill trying to recover exactly rudy gobert is basically doing what we doing here sitting not doing anything What can be done for Utah? Can they still salvage the series? Like a lot of people saw Kawhi being out and was like, yo, this series is over. Oh man, Utah about to go. And Paul George told them, nah, 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 chill out. Tyloo said, um, pause. We we're not losing just yet. Y'all still have Rudy Gobert who can't guard anybody on the perimeter. Is there anything that the Jazz could do? I think the series changed when when Donovan Mitchell twisted the ankle again. And that's what I think. We got to think that if he hadn't, I think he he can dig into that extra gear. He can put up forty shots in a game and get you forty plus points. You know, I think that he's he's playing on a bum ankle and it's just showing a little bit. He's running out of gas. But I, I, <laughs> we talked about this the whole time. We we thought that we thought the Jazz could get upset by the Warriors in the first series because the Warriors just go one five flat and get Steph out there on an island with Gobert or get. Even Wiggins out there in space with them and have them have, have some fun. They just let those guys have fun in the perimeter all day. 
That's what we thought. So they figured it out. That's what they're doing. And the reason why Batum's, the reason why they're not paying for playing Batum 30 plus minutes, like I said, they should be and will be eventually when they play the Suns, they're going to pay for that. You'll see because the Jazz don't have a guy who can post up and get a bucket in the post because Gobert can't, has no offensive game. That's why they don't have one guy who can just go, all right, give him the ball in the post. Oh, it's, oh my God, it's, it's him. Cool. Let's kill him. And they don't go small. And they don't go small. They keep Gobert on the floor way too much. They're riding and dying by him. They're dying by Gobert right now. They don't seem to, they're not going to change their way. So, yeah, they're going to lose this series. And and it's cool because Clippers, and look, ain't nobody wants to see the Jazz in the conference finals. Ain't nobody wants to see Jazz in the finals, anywhere near it. Ain't nobody wants to see Milwaukee in the conference finals. No, ain't nobody wants to see Milwaukee in the conference finals. It is bad for basketball. So, thank God that the Clippers are handling business. I want the Clippers to move on. They'll lose to the Suns in six or five, something like that. And we'll move on. And then all this hype about playoff P, I heard pandemic P, not pandemic, pandemic P now, it'll die down. Because so you we don't we think... gonna see his true colors when it matters. All right, so we, we just gonna transition to that. So he, you don't think he turned the corner? No, he's erratic. This is what he is, man. He he'll play great one day, and then the next day he won't play so great. Also, it's look, to be quite honest with you, it's a lot easier to play great in this in a situation. Look, he played amazing, great playoff performance. I never questioned the man's talent. I question what's in here, what's in his heart. That's what I question. I don't think he has it down. I don't think he has it. He doesn't, bro. And you're going to see it because he knows he can take it. They have a clear-cut game plan that they can take advantage of. They know they can get get, get Gobert in a, in, a, in a clear isolation situation. He will take care of business. Paul George is good at scoring anybody, but he just, there's games where he doesn't. And now that it's, the, it's solely on him to do that, and his number two is who? Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson? You go play Devin Booker and you go play Aiden and you go play Chris Paul and them killers. Good luck. We're gonna see, but you're gonna have his blocking against the white not to prove it to us. You'll see. So Miles, um, can you help our brother out here? Cause he 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 you know I gave him credit. He didn't sound like an apology. Yeah, it did. It sounded like you know a backhanded, you know, hey, you look nice today. But your breath stink. But your breath stink. <laughs> your breast it's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. You saying, hey, Paul George had a good game, but yo, we all know he's really big trash. He's not gonna do nothing next series. Can we finish this series first? Dang, you already just hey, when hey, he, he may Phoenix, he may you may he may lay an egg in the next game. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of guy we're talking about. All right, so this is what we might have to do for the intervention. So if the Clippers win and okay. they get out of it, okay. going to need Going to need an apology to Paul George then. If he don't lay an egg and he gets to that next round, can we get an apology to Paul George? He can win this series without Kawhi. Like that. Yeah, it goes on the same. I yeah. mean, you ask me, you ask me for an if he if he does an apology if they win, I mean, um I'll give him credit. Like, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Like, yo, I just it'll be one of those like I'm really not I'm sorry. No, I'm really not that's not like away that. real quick. Yo, it's not even like that. I don't nah, look him in the Paul face. George. I, I Paul George the only deserves to be questioned because of what's in here. It's not basketball abilities. Basketball abilities is is a, is a top he's a top ten level player. Top ten level player. No one questions that. It's what's in here. And when when it matters, he, he knows he's playing a flawed Utah team. He can get to them. He knows that they have a clear cut game plan. Just wait till they play a team that's better. Wait till they play a team where he has to elevate the Clippers above them, past them. He's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it. I'm telling you, he's not. You, you think they're going to the, you think, you think they're going to the finals? You think they're beating the Suns? Without Kawhi. 
the thing with that, right? What Kate? What Kevin Garnett say? Anything's possible. I'm not gonna scream it like he said it, but <laughs> he's a he's the hot he's, he's the real hot take guy. It's not me. Miles the hot take guy. Oh, I'm the hot take. Guy. I think the thing that's riding on it, right, with that series, and it's not gonna be solely on you know PG13, right, as the whole team. CP3, we still got to figure out what's going on with it, with him and COVID protocol. If he's out game one, game two, I don't think this is a type of series that Phoenix could be down 0-2 and come back and win the series. So I think that's the big thing hmm. that you have to look at. Like Devin Book, I think, is going to do his thing. But do we really trust to have campaign being your closer? Because you know – he can score. He's doing. He's playing well this this playoffs, but you saw it all these closeout games so far in, in both of their round. Fourth quarter comes, CP three calms that team down, gets everybody in the right spaces. CP three, I think so far in the playoffs is leading, is leading all players in the playoffs with no turnovers when it comes to the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I think that's where. It, the biggest cause for concern is it's not even about Paul George. It's not even about Ty Lue. It's about it because he's that valuable to that team. If CP3 misses game one, game two, you might see a series that you don't want to see. We want to see Phoenix get to the finals. We want to see it for CP3. But if CP3 not there for two games, maybe three, depending on how everything goes out. If he doesn't get another, you know, negative test, if he gets a positive test or something like that, he's out 10 to 14 days. Bro, that's changing that whole series. And now you're talking about Paul George is in the finals, which if that happens, I don't know how you're gonna how you're gonna live with yourself. For uh... I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of ways you could there's a lot of ways you could explain that. I mean, this LeBron talked about it. I talked about it numerous times in this show. This playoffs, these playoffs, we we got robbed of a great potential playoff run by the NBA because they they thought it was a brilliant idea for the bread. I get it. They got to get the bread. Oh, let's let's give these guys the shortest offseason of all time. Miami still be playing right now. The Lakers would still be playing right now under different circumstances. If they had gotten more time, the Lakers would have beaten Phoenix in the first round. The Lakers wouldn't have played Phoenix. Lakers in the, wouldn't have. They wouldn't Phoenix. have played Phoenix in the first round. So this whole thing would be different. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. Like now here we are. The situation we're in. It is what it is. But. We definitely got robbed of some good basketball, so you could use that against. Hey, if you want to say Paul George is in the finals, Paul George is in the finals in a season where they came off of the bubble, off of the shortest NBA offseason of all time, and where they didn't have to see the Lakers, they got the duck smoke again because the Lakers got screwed by the NBA. So there's a lot of ways you can talk about it. I mean, hey, that's cool. I think I think this, and we'll close it off with this, right? Chris said it so good last episode. We can easily be like, oh, yo, kid, getting this person shouldn't get MVP because of injury. But we can't say that. It is what it is. This is where it's at. Same thing when, you know, the Warriors had injuries or the Cavs had the injuries. Oh, they wanted to one if Kyrie. Hey, you play who you play. Injuries are part of the game. Obviously, I agree. Injuries are heightened now, and especially with stars because of the rushback schedule. Right. But if they make it to the finals, they play. Hey, they made it. You could argue that. You could bring it up. But in the day, when Cleveland won, you don't see in the record books, oh, yeah, they had injuries. Oh, yeah, Draymond got – no, you're going to see, hey, they made it to the finals. Hey, 
they won the finals. I think I think I think the culture know the culture knows the culture puts the asterisk next to your wins when you know there's injuries there though. The culture does it. I I know I do it. Steph, Steph Curry's first NBA championship. There's yeah, an we know. We know there is an asterisk. I don't. You've, you've let care. us know. Okay, there is an asterisk there. There is. There's just no other way to put it. There's no other. That, I saw asterisk. I saw Braun go up two one on you without anybody else. With that, with with Delvadova being his second best player, with Tristan Thompson being his third best player. I saw that. Shout out Delvadova. Come on, man. I saw Delvadova really locking locking Steph up. Like, bro, yo, before we dip out, my brother Ruben got me mad the other day. So I just gotta ask y'all: Is Donovan Mitchell? In the same conversation as Kyrie Irving as a basketball player? No. Oh, I'm making sure. You nah. idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. You know the vibes if you stay ready. You ain't got to get ready, bitch, while we out. Peace. Peace. Come on, man. This man said dumbass.